Hello and welcome to the Sham Sharma show. Today on the show, we're going to talk about Rahul Gandhi most likely becoming the next president of the Congress party. And we're going to also talk about double standards in the media. And I'm going to talk about an article in the Indian Express as a very, very good example of that. So you know what? Let's get into it. Welcome, 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 welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Sham Sharma Show. Thank you for watching. I appreciate you. Now, in our first story of the day, the Congress party has started the process for selecting a new president for the party. Sonia Gandhi has been the party president since 1998, and they're finally looking to replace her with someone else. And that someone else is most likely going to be Rahul Gandhi. So basically how the process works is that people will be able to file in their nominations to become president starting December 1st. And the process is going to go all the way through to December 4th. That is the last day of filing nominations. And the papers are going to be scrutinized on December 5th and eventually the elections will be held and a winner will be declared. But, but most likely, most people expect that it's going to be Rahul Gandhi who's going to be the only one filing the nomination. And if Rahul Gandhi is the only person that files the nomination, he will be declared president of the Congress party by the 5th of December. Now, if that does happen, and I definitely do think that that is what the Congress party is going for, then... Rahul Gandhi will go into both the Gujarat election and the Himachal election as the president of the Congress party. So if the Congress party ends up doing well in either one or both of the elections, then the Congress party is going to make this reflect on Rahul Gandhi as his success and saying that he was the president of the party when Congress won Gujarat or Congress won Himachal. And this selection of Rahul Gandhi as the party president is also kind of angling him to become the front runner for the 2019 general elections. So declare him as a clear candidate as prime minister for 2019 elections as well. Now it's kind of funny how the Congress has been making it appear as if this is going to be a democratic process and people are going to file nominations. But I really do think it's just going to be Rahul Gandhi who's going to file the nomination. And one thing people can be sure of is where there's Rahul Gandhi, there's memes. And there's been memes aplenty ever since this whole news was announced that they're going to look for a new president of the party and the election gonna be, are going to be happening soon. And the hashtag Rahul crowning was trending on Twitter in India as well. They had some really good memes out there. One of them being this. <laughs> and the other one being this. Perfect example of democracy. Option given to Congress leaders for choosing Congress president. A. Rahul Gandhi. B. Rahul Gandhi. C. Rahul Gandhi. I mean, the Congress party is the epitome of dynastic politics for a reason. There's, there's no way that somebody else, possibly more deserving, might get a chance. So it's an interesting development. We'll see how Congress does in the Gujarat and Himachal elections. I do think it's a close race in Gujarat. I've also done a video about the Himachal elections that you can go check out and the Gujarat elections that you can go check out as well. The links to the videos are in the description below, so go check those out too. All right, now I want to talk a little bit about double standards in the media and why the media has different standards when it comes to different communities and when it comes to different governments. I think a really good example is this article that was recently published in the Indian Express. It's called Where Imagination is Not Free. So the article is related to the Padmavati issue and I've already given my thoughts on the whole Padmavati issue and where I stand on it so you can go check that out as well. Like I've said before and like I said in the video as well, I don't like Sanjali Bhansali. I don't like his movies. I think he's a very subpar director. But in India, 
in a democracy like ours, you should be allowed to make those subpar movies. You should have the freedom to make those subpar movies. If people don't want Bansali to go make more of these movies, don't give him your money. Starve him of your money and he will stop making movies like these. That's the only solution. Threatening him, threatening the actors, that is not a solution. That is not something that I stand for and whoever is doing all the threatening should be prosecuted by the law. But then this article comes around and it, it kind of paints a picture that, you know, today or ever since Modi's election, India has become this intolerant fascist hellhole and that freedom of expression is somehow curbed incessantly in India today and it was just this haven and this utopia of art and creativity before Modi got elected. I'm going to read a little bit from this article over here as well and then I'm going to give my rebuttal to this article too. So it starts off saying, in the last few weeks as the outrage surrounding Padmavati has reached a bizarre crescendo, I've been thinking wistfully of what it is like to imagine freely because it seems like an impossibility in today's India. This is the key phrase, today's India. That's what they focus on. They say that, like I said before, ever since Modi got elected, this switch just went off and India just went from being a beautiful multicultural utopia to this fascist hellhole. Again, which is not true and I'm going to talk about it in a second. So the article goes on to say, What's worse, it could lead to stunted creativity in perpetuity that is bound to happen if filmmakers and other people who create art, whether we like it or not, are constantly being held to ransom. And then it goes on to talk about Jodha Akbar, which released in uh, 2008 and said that, oh, there was a furore over Jodha Akbar as well, but the Congress government did not ban it because the Congress government values freedom of expression and is a champion of freedom of expression and so on and so forth. And she says, I doubt whether the film would have made it to the screens today because someone a victim of identity politics or rabid casteism wow would have threatened to slice off rice gorgeous nose so again you, you're getting a very clear idea of what this article is trying to say i think this is my problem with the media today and i think this is a lot of people's problem with the media today the whole concept of fake news has become popularized in America and then it's caught on in India as well. I don't think media is fake news. I don't think the news is fake. I mean, the Padmavati issue is clearly happening. But what I do think is, is that media in India and overseas as well, reports the news today with extreme bias and prejudice. And this being a perfect example of that. It's not fake, but it's extremely prejudiced. But you know, fake news is a lot catchier, so. So now, I personally do believe, and feel free to please disagree with me in the comments below, but I personally do believe that the BJP is actually better at maintaining freedom of expression and at handling these issues than the Congress party is. And I'll give you examples of that as well. When, when Salman Rushdie came out with the book Satanic Verses, and there were thousands of people out there on the streets calling for his head, issuing fatwas left, right, and center, and calling for his murder, and then the Rajiv Gandhi government, which was the Congress government, then ended up banning the book in India. More recently, uh, when the Danish cartoon was published and there was this huge furore over that, and there were tons of people out there in the streets as well calling for the Danish cartoonist, said Manmohan Singh demanded an apology from the Danish cartoonist for creating art. The same art that the author says is being held to ransom in today's society. The Prime Minister of India demanded an apology from the Danish cartoonist and of course proceeded to ban the cartoon in India. Sonia Gandhi wrote to the Shahi Imam apologizing for this cartoon and apologizing for hurting the sentiments of Muslims. And then let's talk about movies. Movies which again the author says are being stifled in today's India so to say. So, so most recently 
the Congress goons, they threatened Madhur Bandarkar, they threatened to hurt him, they threatened to kill him. They, they went outside his hotel room and they were protesting and they were threatening him while he was sitting in his hotel room scared because he decided to make a movie about Indira Gandhi and the emergency called Hindu Sarkar. And that's not the only movie that they've banned. They've also banned Andhi, they've also banned Kissa Kursika and other movies in the past as well. Before I do move forward though, I there's a journalist on Twitter called Anand Ranganathan and a lot of the information that I have here, I have gleaned from his account. And that's an account that you should definitely go and follow because he has his own opinions, of course, but all the research that Anand does is very, very thorough. Every opinion and every news piece that he puts out has a ton of very thorough research behind it. So his Twitter bio is in the description below. Definitely go check his Twitter bio out. And if you're not following him, give him a follow for sure. All right, now moving forward, then another movie that was banned by the Congress back in 2012, a movie called Innocence of Muslims came out. It was a terrible movie, but it was a movie. It was, it was, it was art. It was creativity. And it was also the movie that a lot of people said was responsible for the Benghazi attack on the American embassy in Libya. There was massive protests for it, calling for the heads of the director of the movie and all the actors that participated in the movie. And uh, again, the Congress government proceeded to go ahead and ban that movie. In fact, there were journalists and politicians uh, like this one that came out and they said, we must join the protest against the film today. When it comes to Prophet Muhammad, I am proud to be intolerant. And there you go. And there were no puff pieces out there. And there were no puff pieces that calling for the murder of someone for making a movie, no matter how shitty that movie might be, is wrong. And that this culture of intolerance is threatening the idea of India. None of those puff pieces were out there back then. And then people go ahead and wonder why a lot of people in India dislike the media. A lot of people think that the media has double standards because it does. Also the Da Vinci Code, that movie when it came out in India, that was banned in Goa because by the Congress government, by the way, because it said that it hurt religious sentiments and who can forget the famous fatwas for some reason for the past so many years there's been fatwas issued like almost every day against by someone against someone that they don't like that they think have hurt religious sentiments and like i mentioned before in a previous video you know these fatwas they're not innocuous little things i mean fatwas are harmful they can be really dangerous for the person that the fatwa has been issued against and when you issue a fatwa you're kind of just banking on that one crazy person who takes that fatwa way too seriously and then goes ahead and goes and does something violent. There was a fatwa against Modi by the Imam of the Tipu Sultan Mosque in Kolkata, Nurul Rahman Barkati. There was a fatwa issued in Bihar, my home state, against a Muslim minister just because he said Jai Shri Ram. No puff pieces against that. No saying that, oh, look at all this intolerance and this is so bad and this shouldn't happen and this and this and that and there's this culture of intolerance growing in the country. Nothing like that happened. And this is why I have a problem with this as well. I've said before myself that people should not threaten and these Hindu parties and Rajput groups that are threatening Pansali and the actors for act for making a movie, even though it's a crap movie, that is completely wrong. And as as Hindus, we should come out and condemn it on mass. I don't care if anyone else holds us to a standard; we must hold ourselves to a particular standard as well. But at the same time, I also do think that there is a separate standard for separate communities in India. Certain communities are held to a much higher standard when com as compared to other communities. And there's a Muslim reformer in Britain called Majid Nawaz who coined a phrase called "bigotry of low expectations," which says, "Oh, these guys are their minorities and." These these guys, they're a separate religion. So, you know, when they do something intolerant, 
don't call them out. Don't say something because that's their culture. And then when somebody else does something which is intolerant, then you call them out for sure. Then you say, oh, you're a fascist and you're terrible. But when other communities do it, you don't react the same way. And I think the best solution to this problem is to hold everybody to the same standard. I'm happy for my community to be held to a certain standard, but I feel like all communities should be held to that standard too. And all people and all governments should be held to that standard too, which is not the case. A lot of what this article is saying is not true. And that is why a lot of people have such mistrust in the media. And honestly, I believe op-ed pieces like this are good for the BJP. Because the more dishonest pieces like this come out in the news, the more people read them, the more people get angry, and the more people will go vote for the BJP. So again, that's 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 my take on it. I'd like to hear from you. So let me know, what, what do you think? Do you think that since 2014, India has become a lot more intolerant and a lot more bigoted than it was before? Or I know I recently did a video about Moody's upgrade in rating for India, and I found this really, really great article on opindia.com. They're on Facebook and they're on Twitter. So if you're not following them already, go look them up and go follow them. Their links are available in the description below as well. They did a really good article because The Wire, which is another uh, news source which leans very heavily left, they came out with a video featuring Vinod Dua and they were downplaying the whole rating upgrade by Moody's and they were saying that the Narendra Modi government hasn't really achieved anything at all. And then this Op India piece dissects that video piece by piece with facts and information. So it's very well done and I cannot recommend it highly enough. So the link for the article is in the description below as well so go check that out, definitely. All right, now my YouTube video of the day is actually two. Ooh, double. So in another previous video, I talked about the Zimbabwe turmoil and what's actually going on in Zimbabwe. And there's a news company called Vox that actually did a four and a half minute video on that whole Zimbabwe problem. And they've encapsulated the problem really well. So the link to that Vox video is in the description below. Go check that out. And my second YouTube video of the day is for a sequel to a movie that I really enjoyed. Now the movie is Deadpool 2. I really enjoyed Deadpool. I think it was funny. I think it was witty. I think it was everything that people were expecting from the Deadpool movie. This video that's just come out is just a teaser for the new Deadpool movie. But it's, it's very funny and it kind of sets the tone for what the second movie is going to be and if the second movie is going to have that tone that the teaser had, it's going to be a blast and I'm really looking forward to it. So the link for that trailer is in the description below as well. Check that out. And that's the show. Thank you very much for watching the show. I appreciate you. And again, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for the encouraging comments. And please go ahead and get involved in the comments section. If you like the show, tell me. If you don't like the show, tell me. If you think there's something I can do better in the show, let me know. If you think there's any stories that I should cover on the show, let me know. And I'll be happy to cover them too. All right, there's not going to be a Friday show this week because I have to go see some family for a holiday. But I will be back on Monday with the latest news of the day. And I will keep you posted. I will keep you updated. So again, Again, if you're enjoying the show, like the show, share the show, tell all your friends about the show, man, and subscribe to the show's channel. And make sure that little notification thingy is on as well, so as soon as the video drops, you're the first to know. Alright, now I'll see you on Monday, and until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll see you soon.